Hello, dear friends, Jai Guru, and welcome to another episode of the Chela to Chela podcast, featuring interviews and conversations with YSS SRF disciples of our sweet Guru Dev, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. As we get to know a little more about some of our fellow disciples through the Chela to Chela podcast, it gives us the opportunity to support them with our prayers, our goodwill and perhaps even with our resources and business connections. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how you can get to the free private access pages to further connect with our guests. Before we enter this next episode, let us listen to this quote of Guruji as shared by Mukti Madhavji, who was with Master when he was in the body. Mukti Ma is speaking. This is a time of spiritual rejuvenation, a time of drawing closer to God the Father and to the Divine Mother. Our Guru has said to us, a steady stream of divine power will flow to you, for the great ones have sent me here. When I am gone, you will realize this with greater impact. Little by little, a spiritual change will come to the true followers of this path and their influence will spread over the world. SRF is one of the greatest spiritual movements ever sent to help mankind. And today we have with us Robert Kirschenbaum. Hello, Robert. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. And Robert, as usual, uh, let's find out where you are and a little bit about you before we get to the big and deep and wide questions. Okay. I live in Escondido, California, and I've been a member of SRF going on 36 years now. Yay. (laughs) And it seems like a wink of the eye, I bet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, in some in some ways it's just starting, and in some ways it's been a long time. Yeah. Both blessings for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, married, children, any of that? No, ne- never got married. Never had any children. Okay. Um, yeah, I I had partners that I'd lived with before I got into SRF, but when I started studying the teachings, I just sort of got 
drawn away from that and just feel so content just being being single and it's all good yes and um did you happen to hear that cd of uh, brother nanamoji where he talks about the three um uh what, is it, what does he call them it's like there's the monastic life mm -hmm. and then there's a householder life and then he talks about this third um category and he said most people don't realize it but there's a third category and that is the person that is single and that is serving and doing their sadhana in the world mm -hmm. and uh at, you know a lot of i had never heard that before so um clearly had you um yeah i mean I mean, I did consider joining the monastic life in the very beginning. I went to, I was living in Northern California at the time I got introduced to master. And I went down to, um, I was working at a, at a school at the time. And I went down during the winter break for like a two week vacation. Down, down where? Down to Hidden Valley Ashram. Oh, okay. Okay. And I really liked it so much that I actually quit my job. <laughs> And I went down there and I became a resident for um, about nine months. And I um, was speaking to some of the monks about the possibility of becoming a monastic. Usually they weren't accepting people over 35 years old. I was 38, but they said that every once in a while they do accept someone who, who, who is older. And uh, I just lived there for nine months and it was very, very, very nice. I really enjoyed it. But I kind of realized that the monastic life was not, not re re really for, for me. And then um, a little cabin about a 10-minute walk away um, opened up for rent. And I moved in there. And I lived there for 20 years, 10-minute oh walk away from Hidden Valley. So I was going down there every day for all the classes and meditations. I was doing you know, some seva there as well. Um, I was teaching a lot of the foreign residents English. This was before 9-11 when a lot of foreign residents were easy to get visas and stuff to come to Hidden Valley. Uh -huh. I was teaching a lot of them English. Many of them became monks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. And then about 10 years ago, it was time to move on, so I bought a house in Escondido. I still go up to Hidden Valley every week for to do, to do some seva and stuff, but it's it's... I'm, I'm very happy where I am right now. Wow. Well, you had the best of both worlds, didn't you? You had your, your freedom in your own little place, and yet yeah. you had all the classes and the monastic uh, milieu, everything. It was a blessing for sure. Well, you know, um, Robert, let's talk about Hidden Valley just for a little bit, because I'm sure there's going to be many young and not-so-young men that... Um, are curious about the routine or the or or perhaps what you got out of it could mm -hmm. be helpful to them or or maybe the challenges are there to give them a a, a real-time look or feel for it mm -hmm. well i mean hidden valley ashram is a magical magical place um you can just go there on retreat if it's just a short retreat you could spend all your days meditating you can go there and be a temporary resident where they give you a work job during the day. So there'll be a group meditation with everyone in the morning. Uh, then you go to work. Then before lunch, there's a, 
a time break for like a half hour meditation. After lunch, you go back to work. Then usually between like 4.30 and 5.30, it's a period for rest or recreation. So a lot of people go and get exercise. And then there's dinner, and then there's going to be an evening, either a class or a long meditation. And they have long meditations on Sunday morning, um, usually eight hours. Thursday night, they have three hours. And, um, you know, they have satsangs after lunch. It's just such a special, special, special place. Yeah. And um, after 9-11, I know things changed in terms of uh, residency. Um, do you know what the, you know, what the protocols are now? How long you can stay? Do you have to have any particular? Yeah, I, I don't know specifically what they are now, but I know a lot of the residents there who I visit and stuff when I, when, when, when I go up, some get permission to stay for like a year. Some just go on retreat for like a month or two. And, um, and there are people there from all over the world, but as I mentioned, prior to 9-11, it was a lot easier for foreigners to get extended visas. And then after 9-11, it really changed and the population of Hidden Valley kind of went down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But there's lots of monks who, 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 who live there and they're involved with the classes and the programs. And it is a very, very, very special, special place. Master is there in heart and soul. And it's, it's not age specific, is it? No, no. You've got young ones that are coming in that are, are maybe new on the path and think they want to be a, a monastic, or you've got um, retired retirees or near to retirees. Sure. Sure. Um, uh, it, it runs the, the gamut, doesn't it? Sure, it, it definitely does. Yeah, to become uh, a male monastic in SRF, you have to go through Hidden Valley. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So you go to Hidden Valley first, and then if you get accepted, then you go to the postulant ashram in Encinitas. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I, I always thought it was an option, but that's that's interesting. Now they've they've made it part of the uh, renunciate program for the. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, that's the way it's kind of always been. They want uh-huh. you to spend a year or two at Hidden Valley so they can evaluate you and see if you would qualify for postulancy. And then if you do, then they send you to Encinitas for that. Mm-hmm. Well, being of the other gender, I, I'm apt not to have all the details correct, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. So now I think we'll go to the big question is, how did you find Master? Well, I mentioned before, I was living up in far northern California at the time. I'd lived up there for many, many years. I know you'll probably find this very hard to believe, but I was a dancer at that time. Oh my gosh. I was I do find that hard to believe because yeah. I don't not well, but that's still surprising. Yeah, I was in two different dance companies. One, we were traveling up and down the West Coast a lot doing performances. And I was teaching dance classes. And one of the places I was teaching was this school called Hartwood College of the Healing Arts. And there was a man who lived nearby there who I was friends with, and he was studying the lessons in SRF. And he kept trying to tell me to read the autobiography of a yogi, but he was so pushy about it that it kind of set me back, you know. (laughs) And 
you know, I'd heard, a, I'd heard the word guru before, and I'd heard reputations of a lot of the so-called gurus who had, you know, bad reputations. So I just wasn't interested at all. And as much as he tried to get me to read the autobiography Yogi, I was just kind of putting it off. But, um, and it was also a very, very wild time in my youth. Dance companies, you know, it, it's what they called the age of, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll and whatever. And in one of the dance companies I was in, it was a wild, crazy time, having a lot of fun with all the other members of the dance company. There was one woman in the dance company who was different than everybody else. She was just so calm and so centered. There was just something very, very special about her. She didn't get drawn into all the other craziness and stuff that we all did. And I got to know her and was talking to her one day, and it turned out that she and her husband were longtime disciples of Paramahansa Yogananda. At the time, they had an official SRF meditation group at their house. And uh, I was very impressed, and I started thinking, wow, maybe I should check out the autobiography of a yogi. And then a short time later, I went to this yard sale and I saw a paperback copy of the autobiography of Yogi. <laughs> Guruji has to work so hard, doesn't he, for us? <laughs> this, is, this is a sign. So I picked it up and I read it. And it didn't convince me right away, but it really resonated with me. And I signed up for the lessons, okay? And uh, well, it's such amazing memories of what happened here. I, um, I was only into it a few lessons when I decided to go up to her place one Sunday morning for the meditation. And there was about a dozen people who had showed up. And before we went into their little chapel, we were outside doing the energization exercise. They started doing the energization. And I hadn't even gotten the energization exercises yet. So when they started doing it, I said, is this Kriya Yoga? <laughs> And she just kind of laughed and said, no, 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 this is the energization exercises. Kriya yoga will come a lot later. So we did it. We had the meditation. Then there was a little satsang with everybody when we were, when we were leaving. And they lived in a remote area up in the hills. This was in far northern California near the Oregon border. And um, when I left to go, she loaned me the cassette. This was before this was before we had CDs, <laughs> a cassette of Brother Anandamoy's uh, talk on the importance of a true guru, okay? So I started listening to it on the way down, and my life just changed forever. <laughs> For the first time, I understood what a true guru is. I mean, I, I, I just got a sense that most of these people who consider themselves to be gurus don't even have a conception of what a guru is. They are very, very, very rare. And before I even got all the way down the mountains and close to where I live, I just started crying so hard I had to pull over to the side of the road. Wow. And I made a vow at that time that when I finished the lessons, I would apply for Kriya yoga and become a disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. And even though where I'd stopped the car and made that commitment, I was only about five minutes from my house, 
I drove another 20 minutes or so to the nearest little town to a bookstore, and I bought a hard copy of the autobiography of a yogi. <laughs> and inside, I signed my name, February 27th, 1987. So my next anniversary of being a disciple of masters is just coming up in a few days. Yeah. 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 And it's been an amazing, amazing blessing ever since. Yeah. Well, gosh, Um, you know, you mentioned what what a a feeling it is to revisit those memories and that feeling of uh, that you had before you pulled over. There's a connection there, isn't there? Oh, sure. And yeah, I mean, just to not, not only to understand what a true guru is and how rare they are, but to find your guru, the biggest blessing in the world. And my life has been so blessed ever since. And of course, it's incredibly changed my life, you know, and continues to do so over the years. Yeah. Yes. So for someone that wasn't quite convinced when you first read the AY, um, Guruji just uh, opened those floodgates and you went all for it, right? He was, he was taking care of everything. He knew what he was doing and he still yeah. knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, Jai Guru, Jai Guru. Okay, so um, you've been diligent. You've had many blessings on the path. Can we talk a minute about... Um, I'm sure you've been through many different stages in your sadhana. Are there some major things that come to mind right now of um, perhaps, if not the challenges themselves, the lessons or the mode of learning these lessons Mm -hmm. um, that you've encountered? Does anything come to mind you can share with us? Well, actually, I mean, I reread all the books, you know, over and over. You know, I've probably read the autobiography 10 times, you know, in the last 30 years, maybe even more than that. Um, I recently read, you know, God Alone again. Um, But it's been a while since I studied the lessons. And I'm very excited that these new lessons are coming out because I'll be getting them regularly and it'll be a way to start, you know, going over them again. You know, so that's that's really great. Absolutely, and and I'm with you there. And not only am, am I with you, but it's thrilling to think about so many devotees that have gone through the lessons are now starting over, and we're doing it together. Together. As you imagine if yeah. if we could see the the light and the vibrations mm-hmm. uh, that this is causing, and and also contributing to. Um, the upliftment of our planet. Oh, of course, of course. It's thrilling, isn't it? And of course, um, Chidanandaji's launch was such a cosmic event, Mm -hmm. you know, cosmic, totally. I'm I'm just uh, stoked about it all, as I know many, many of us are. So it's been um, a tether, a foundational element for you to keep reading, and to keep in touch with Master through his writings. So on a functional level, have there been periods of like where you've really had to um, surrender or you've really had to make more effort or you've really had to do something or something or something 
that has kind of um, catapulted you ahead when you didn't know it. So I think that's kind of how it happens with us. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about any of those kinds of Yeah, not specifically any of those things, but, you know, when I'm home, I'm able to do, you know, longer meditations. I have family that I visit, friends, you know, that I travel. In recent years, I've been, you know, traveling a lot. I have, um, you know, friends all over the country and family still back in Ohio. So when I travel, it's, it's, it's different. My meditations are shorter. I still meditate every morning and every night. And I never miss the, doing the energization exercises two times. Well, that's laudable. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but still, you know, when you're home, the meditations are longer and usually deeper. And I'm very, very grateful for that. You're retired now. You, you went into uh, construction, isn't it? Which is right. a, like um, a very different thing from dancing. <laughs> very different. <laughs> yeah. And now you're, you're not working. You're retired. Pretty much. I'm just doing little teeny fix-up jobs here and there. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so the difference in, in not having to slug it away in the world has it been significant? Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I'm able to do longer meditations, particularly in the morning, you know, because I'm not up, up and working around. So that's really helpful and very, very nice. And um, I mean, I'm still busy with like lots of stuff. I have local friends that I get together with. I'm an avid Scrabble player, so I've joined Scrabble clubs. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm on I'm on the board of directors of the Escondido Public Library Friends of Literary Services, and we do wonderful service raising money for our literacy programs. Wow. And right now we're getting ready to do our big annual fundraiser, which is a big Scrabble tournament. Hundreds of people come. It's a big event. We raise thousands of dollars for our program. So I'm very busy working, setting that up, you know, right now, which is great. I have a garden that keeps me busy and I exercise every day and well I don't I don't feel that busy but my life is still very very full and I'm grateful for it. And not only that it's serviceful and you know I'm thinking of the lady that you observed in your dance class mm -hmm. and it wasn't like she was proselytizing and No, not at all. It was just or even she wasn't trying to be um, an example, maybe she was, you know, interiorly, but it didn't come off. It doesn't sound like it came off as, uh, um, look at me, I'm really good. No, nothing like that at all. And you know, what strikes me, Robert, is that you, in, in the service that you're doing, are functioning in the same way, and mm. many of us do. Um, so it's, it's another... Um, it's another service, a type of service sure. for Guruji, and it's mm -hmm. another type of blessing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, what a blessing. Incredible. So one of the things I'm thinking, Robert, is um, if you'd like to give the information um, to me later, I'll put it on the uh, private access pages for subscribers to the mailing list about your uh, literacy program. There may be devotees out there who would like to contribute in some way financially or oh, time-wise or otherwise. Hmm. 
Okay. So we have locals that do listen as yeah. well as uh, worldwide devotee. Um, that would be great. That would be great. Yeah. All right. All right. I want to ask a couple of more questions. Okay. For you, what has been the saving grace? Just having a true guru is the biggest blessing anyone could have on this planet. You know, I mean, understanding what a true guru is and how rare they are and to find a true guru and to take diksha, okay? Which means that the guru is gonna be following you until you become enlightened, whether it's in this incarnation or any future incarnation. That is the greatest blessing that anyone can have, whether they're aware of it or not, <laughs> you know? Yes, and, and what's behind that, um, Robert, I think is as significant, and that is not only understanding um, and having, but appreciating, valuing, and being grateful for remembering sure. we'll get caught up in our our little lila you know i was reading somewhere where the idea was put out that we tend to go through life feeling like we're the star of our little play and everyone else are supporting actors but in mm -hmm. fact to increase or expand or improve one's view the suggestion was to feel that you are a supporting actor and all those that you meet. And I would take it one more step, and that would be to remember that we are, as Guruji says, we, that we are actors in God's play. So that gratitude is a, a it, it's not just gratitude, is it? It's, it's this divine remembrance, because you can, you can tap into gratitude here, and you can tap into it there, and you can actualize it in different places, but, mm -hmm to keep it rolling right well several years ago my new year's resolution was to focus on gratitude and it changed my life so positively that that is going to be the new year's resolution for the rest of my life <laughs> we always have a choice i mean you can complain about something or you can focus on something that you are grateful for which feels better you know so every single day, I'm just focusing on what I'm grateful for. And of course, being a disciple of Guruji is the thing I'm most grateful for. Yes. But my SRF friends like you and other people and living so close to the Escondido Center, Encinitas and Hidden Valley. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't even begin to express how grateful I am for all of that. And those are, those are things of, of this world, and your gratitude for Guruji is cosmic. Oh, of course. And, and eternal, yes. Yep. All right, dear heart. Jai Guru, it's a wonderful life with Guruji, and we know it. Jai Guru. Jai Guru. From the depths of my soul, from the core of my being, I will whisper. Well, dear friends, it's wonderful to hear these stories, isn't it? If you would like access to the private pages where guest contact and other information is posted, it's free and easy. Just email to subscribe to the Soul Calls Infinity mailing list. 
The email address is subscribe at soulcallsinfinity.org. For those of you who may be driving or jogging while listening, the link to subscribe will be in the show notes. The Chela de Chela podcast is sponsored by Soul Calls Infinity, and the music is courtesy of Soul Calls Music Meditations by Saranya, available online at soulcalls.org and on YouTube. I'm your host, Brenda Roberts, and I'd love to share your story. Email me for guest guidelines and preparation details. That's Brenda at soulcallsinfinity.org. I'm looking forward to sharing the next episode with you, where we'll be meeting another uniquely devoted disciple of our beloved master, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. In closing, let's listen again to this quote of Muktima and Master. Muktima is speaking. This is a time of spiritual rejuvenation, a time of drawing closer to God the Father and to the Divine Mother. Our Guru has said to us, A steady stream of divine power will flow to you, for the Great Ones have sent me here. When I am gone, you will realize this with greater impact. Little by little, a spiritual change will come to the true followers of this path, and their influence will spread over the world. SRF is one of the greatest spiritual movements ever sent to help mankind. So dear friends, I hope you will share the podcast with at least one other SRFYSS devotee as we walk together in the spirit of divine friendship and in the love of God and Guru, affirming what we know to be true. It's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. Jai Guru Jai. My Lord, I need you to speak to me, speak to me, Lord. My Lord, speak. I'm calling you now. I'm loving you now, my Lord. I need you to come now, Lord. There's no other one now, Lord, my Lord. Tell me you love me, speak to me, speak to me, my Lord, come tell me.